you know, on that first day of the week, on that Sunday after the crucifixion, for a lot of people back then, life was going on as normal. And I think about that as I'm standing out here on this hillside this morning. Life is going on for a lot of people just like normal. But for the followers of Jesus, uh, life was anything but normal. They were isolated. They were afraid. Uh, they weren't sure what was going to happen. And then the reports started coming in. Reports that the tomb was empty. The stone was rolled away. And that actually people had seen Jesus. Now, of all the disciples, Peter was probably the most um, overjoyed, but also terrified. Because the night before Christ was crucified, Peter had denied him. And so I'm sure Peter was not sure what to expect. He wasn't sure what to believe. And maybe for many of you today, as you've heard the story and the accounts of Christ being risen from the dead, you're not sure what to expect. You're not sure how it affects your life. Maybe for some of you, it doesn't matter at all. For other people, it's important. For others, you're, you're wondering, well, I, I'm trusting in Jesus, but why am I still going through a tough time? Well, when we look at the scriptures, and we understand the life of Jesus, Jesus had a habit of doing the unexpected. Sometimes he does things that we don't expect him to. Other times we expect him to do something and maybe he doesn't always do it. I just wanna take a few moments now and I wanna help us think about throughout Jesus' ministry how he did the unexpected. Jesus had a habit of doing the unexpected, like teaching with amazing wisdom and power, even though he had never been to any religious schools of the day. He had a habit of doing the unexpected, like asking Peter when they first met if he could borrow the use of his fishing boat uh, to teach from the shores of Galilee, and then telling Peter to cast his fishing nets just one more time, even though they had caught nothing all night, and when they did, the nets couldn't contain the catch of fish that they brought in. Jesus did the unexpected by calling unacademic, unreligious people like Simon Peter and James and John to be his closest disciples and ministers. He did the unexpected by spending time with social outcasts and those who were politically unpopular. He also had the habit of doing the unexpected like touching and healing people that other people didn't even want to be near, like the man that had a serious infectious skin disease. Now, Jesus could have just spoken the word and healed him, but he wanted to make a point. He reached out his hand and he touched the man, and the man was healed. Jesus continually did the unexpected, like going to the house of Simon Peter, and when his mother-in-law was sick with a fever, he touched her hand and the fever left her. Like when he said to a paralyzed man, get up, take the mat you're lying on, and go home. Now, who says that to a paralyzed person? But that man was able to get up and go home. Totally unexpected. We hear these stories now, and we think, well, sure, Jesus did that, because we expect that he did that. But in those moments when Jesus did those things, they were totally unexpected. Think about this. When he used some dirt and then his own spit, and he used it to make mud, and then he rubbed it into a blind man's eyelids to give him sight for the very first time. He did the unexpected when he scribbled in the sand and he forgave a woman caught in adultery. 
Jesus always did the unexpected, like walking on the water, stopping a storm with a few spoken words, like feeding a crowd of thousands with a few loaves and a couple of fish. In fact, Jesus did the unexpected so often that you would think that the disciples should have begun to expect the unexpected with Jesus. And yet, after they had seen him crucified, even though he had told them he was going to rise from the dead, they still didn't expect it. What about you? What are you having trouble believing Jesus for right now? What are you not expecting him to do? You know, it's so like us, isn't it, to have expectations about how God's going to act or what Jesus should do in our life or what he shouldn't do in our life. And what we need to remember is that he is God. He's sovereign over all and he absolutely loves us. That's why he did the unexpected when he allowed himself to be beaten and mocked and tortured and crucified on a Roman cross until he was dead. It wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was his love for you and me. He wanted to take on the curse of sin and death and he wanted to show unexpectedly that he could conquer it. And he did that on that third day. When they took him down from the cross, they laid his lifeless body in the tomb wrapped and they placed a large stone over the tomb to seal it and they even placed Roman guards there just to make sure that nobody would come in and try to steal the body. And so his disciples thought it was over. Their hero was dead. Their Messiah, their teacher, their friend was gone. Their joy was gone and their hope for the future died with them. <laughs> but then just like Jesus, he did the unexpected. Again, the tomb was empty, the stone was rolled away, reports started coming in, his body was gone, and people had seen Jesus alive. Now think about this. Mary Magdalene, one of his closest followers, she didn't expect to see Jesus again, but she did. Two people who were walking from Jerusalem to the town of Emmaus, they didn't expect to see Jesus along the way, but he showed up, and they did. Simon Peter certainly didn't expect to see Jesus again, but he did. And here's the thing I want us to think about this morning, about what the resurrection means, not only theologically and all that, that is so important to understand forgiveness from God and God's love for us, but one of the things that we need to remember about the resurrection of Jesus Christ is sometimes when you least expect it, sometimes when it seems all hope is gone, Jesus shows up. And I don't know what you're going through in your life right now. Maybe you feel like your hope is gone, but I want you to know, and I'm here to declare on the authority of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, that you have a living hope in him and there is hope in him. And maybe when you're least expecting it, he's gonna show up in your life if you'll call out to him. That's a living hope that we have in Christ Jesus. I want you to take a moment now, if you've trusted in Jesus and just think about what is some of the unexpected ways that Jesus has blessed your life? I know for me, I can think of all kinds of things. I can think about the time when I almost drowned when I was a young teenager. And I literally prayed. I was under the water, kicking with my legs, couldn't get my head above water. And literally I thought, this is it, I'm gonna die. And I remember in my mind just praying, Lord Jesus, please take me. 
That was my prayer. It wasn't like a save me or anything. It was just, Lord, take me. And I remember in that moment, I felt something hit my hand at the surface of the water. And that gave me hope. And it gave me a burst of adrenaline. And I was able to grab that thing, pull myself up and get my head above water. And I realized it was a styrofoam raft that one of my friends from the shoreline had thrown from the dock. And I believe God's hand absolutely guided that styrofoam raft as it hit the water. It glided right across and it came right to where my hand and my fingers were still above the surface of the water. Now you can think what you want, but I believe that was Jesus that day showing up through that guy that threw that styrofoam raft and he provided a way for me that was totally unexpected. I thought my life was over and here I am today. I'm able to proclaim the good news of Jesus and tell you what he's done in my life. He's blessed me with a wife and with family and with grandchildren. And I want to give a shout out to our daughter and son-in-law and our grandkids in Black Mountain today watching through the live stream and to each one of you. But so unexpected, God can show up in your life. Call out to him. That's what the scripture tells us to do. And it's why Jesus came into this world. It's why he did the unexpected and he took on flesh and blood and was born into this world as a child and then grew to adulthood, lived life as one of us, as a human being, fully human and yet fully God. Well, listen to what the apostle Peter writes about all of this, about this living hope that we have in Christ Jesus. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9, he says this, and I encourage you to follow along today. If you got your YouVersion uh, app, you can follow along the sermon notes, the scriptures are there, but if not, open your scriptures, your Bible apps, whatever you've got. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9, because this is the main teaching today that, that I want to encourage you with. Peter begins writing in verse 3, and he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, the key is not only the death of Jesus, it's the resurrection of Jesus. And Peter goes on in verse 4 and he says, And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power, until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Now listen to what he writes in verse six. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little time you may have had to suffer all kinds of grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the genuine, proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes, even though it's refined by fire, may result in glory and praise and honor to Jesus Christ when he is revealed. Now here's the part I really like and I can relate to, because this speaks about me, it speaks about really to all of us in this generation. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. This is why we as followers of Jesus, even to this day, all these centuries since the resurrection of Christ, celebrate every day, really, Resurrection Day, but certainly at this time of year, we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Because he goes on and he says this in verse 9, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is why we've been doing the sermon series uh, over the last few weeks called Hero. Jesus is absolutely our savior. He's our Messiah. He is our hero. He 
came into this world to save us from really from ourselves, from the consequences of our sin and our failures and all of those things, and to let us know that God loves us and went to such great lengths that he would give his own life for us on the cross of Calvary. But then by his power, he would conquer death. This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that your sins are forgiven, you are loved. And what we are going through in the world right now, I believe, with all of the crisis around us, is God's way of just reminding us that there is more than what we can see just around us in this life. God wants us to put our trust in him. Sometimes God allows adversity into our lives to help us reprioritize and to think about what's really important in life because we get so distracted with our stuff and with our things, our material possessions, and those always leave us wanting more. But when your soul is satisfied deep within in your spirit, then that is, is a thirst that the world's not gonna be able to satisfy, but Jesus Christ can satisfy that thirst, that spiritual thirst within. And so here's what I want you to think about now, because this is a way you can kind of gauge where you're at spiritually through this time. Are you grieving what you have lost in this world to this point? Or are you thankful for what you still have in Christ? That's kind of the big question for today. Because ultimately it's what Jesus meant when he said, unless as his followers were able or willing to take up our cross and follow after him, we can't truly be his disciple. Because what he's telling us is the truth is that all of the things of this life are temporary. And unless we're willing to come to a point where we realize that and we're willing to sacrifice those things, those are good and I'm not saying we shouldn't enjoy them, but when those take the top priority in our life and that's all we chase after, what does it leave us? It's why he said, what is a profit a person if he gained the whole world and lose their own soul? So when it all comes down to the final moments of our life, really the only thing that we have left is faith faith in Christ, because you can't take your material possessions with you, you can't take the things that you've enjoyed in this life with you, but there's one thing that you can take with you if you have it when you leave this life, and it's a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's why the scripture says in Romans that nothing can separate us from the love of God demonstrated in Christ Jesus, not even death. So with all of the health concerns in the world right now, death has always been a fear but especially now it's raised everyone's awareness level. But again, are you worried about what you're gonna lose or are you thankful for what you have in Christ Jesus? This is the hope that we have. Now, I want us to think just a moment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look here again and refer to the scriptures. And I just wanna finish up today with three things from this passage. So in 1 Peter chapter uh, 3, beginning again, uh, or I'm sorry, verse 1, beginning at uh, chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, he says this. Praise be to God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fray, fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. 
So with faith in Jesus Christ, did you hear that? You have an inheritance that is beyond this life. It's assured. It is kept in heaven for you. So we have a secure hope for the future if we have our faith in Jesus Christ. Then look at what he says next in verses 5 and 6. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. You see, with faith in Christ, we can be shielded by God's power. When we go through all the difficulties of this life and the challenges, we have God's Spirit, His Holy Spirit, because Christ rose from the dead, we have His Spirit available to us to help us and to guide us and to protect us. He goes on and he says, um, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. You see, trials are a part of life. It is what uh, we have to go through. It's a way that our faith is tested. And God uses those trials to help us to see whether or not we're truly growing in our faith and our trust in him. As I said before, God allows trials and adversity as a way to strengthen us and to draw us to him and to trust him. Satan uses adversity and trials to try to drive us away from God. And really what makes the difference is your attitude as you go through the trial. Are you gonna to continue to trust God or are you just gonna throw up your hands? Remember what I said, sometimes when you least expect it, Jesus shows up. He does the unexpected. And that's even what the scripture means, I believe, when it says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. You've heard this taught on probably many times. And again, it doesn't say that all things are good. It just says that God can use all things, even the bad things, if we love him and we trust him, ultimately he will work it out for a good in our life in some way. And he'll use it to help us. Peter goes on in verses eight and nine and he says this, though you have not seen him, talking about Christ, you love him. Does that describe you today? You know, Jesus is alive and his spirit is alive. And he offers any of us to come to him and he asks if he can enter into our life, our soul, our spirit, if we would simply but have the faith to ask him to believe and to receive. And so this scripture says, the apostle Peter writes this, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, there's this aspect of salvation. It's kind of like when a person is maybe uh, out on a huge fishing vessel. Many of you probably have watched Deadliest Catch over the years. They're, they're out in the sea up in Alaska and the Bering Sea. And if a ship begins to capsize or is in trouble, they have to call the Coast Guard in. And so as the Coast Guard is coming, even if somebody enters into the water, that Coast Guard is on their way and that person is calling out for salvation. They're wanting to be saved from death in those icy waters. Well, when the Coast Guard helicopter arrives, hopefully if it gets there in time and it lowers down the basket and the Coast Guard uh, person is able to get the person in the water and grab a hold of them, in that moment, that person says, ah, oh, I'm saved, I've been saved. But you see, the salvation isn't complete yet. 
So then the hoist raises that person up as the, the Coast Guard operator is holding on to them, brings them up into the helicopter, and now they're in a stage where they're being saved. So they've been saved from the water, they're in the process of being saved, but their salvation isn't complete until that helicopter lands on the shore and they get out of the helicopter on the shoreline. This is how it is, spiritually speaking, with our salvation. It's a done deal. In Christ Jesus, he died on the cross, he rose again, so that we could know that our sins are forgiven. We are saved. And yet, as we live out this life, we're learning how to experience that. We're learning how to cooperate with Christ as he's holding on to us, sometimes when we can't even hold on to him. And so we're in the process of being saved. But there's coming that day when we will be in heaven and our salvation is going to be complete. We will be in his presence. And so let that encourage you because that is part of the hope of the salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. Jesus said the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, Satan tried to destroy Jesus. And he thought he had won when Jesus was dead on the cross. But then again, Jesus does the unexpected. And he was able to, on that third day, as he rose from the dead, show Satan and to show the world that he is more powerful than all. And so he is worthy of our trust. We need to put our trust in him. Again, it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was his love for you and me. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, it says this. He... Christ has forgiven all our sins and canceled every debt we owe. In other words, the debt of sin we owe to God. Christ has done away with it by nailing it to the cross. Now let me ask you a question. When you have paid a bill or when a bill has been, been paid and you got the receipt for the bill, you don't worry about it anymore, right? Because it's been paid for and you've got the receipt. Well, Jesus Christ, when he hung on the cross and he rose again, that's the receipt to show that your sin debt, my sin debt has been paid to a holy and a righteous God. And we are forgiven in him. So when you know that your past is forgiven, then it helps you to live with power in the present. Christ's Holy Spirit power is available for you and I today because he is risen to help us rise above whatever challenges or difficulties we face in this life. Just before I close, I want to share with you how Jesus showed up unexpectedly one time in our own life, especially in the life of uh, my wife, Julie. It was back when she had been diagnosed with cancer. We were going through a, a really rough time. She knew that she was going to have to have surgery and chemotherapy. Uh, there was a lot going on here. The church had, had had a fire. The facility had been destroyed. We had been displaced as a church family. Uh, our own family had been displaced. And I was going through a lot of anxiety. And one particular morning, I was just overcome with, um, with this sense of dread. And I just remember kneeling down in my living room at the couch and I just cried out to God and I prayed and I said, God, I'm really struggling here. I really need you. Please, please help Julie. Please help my family. Please help us. Now, I didn't, I didn't have any expectation. I was just crying out to God at that time, pouring out my heart to him. It wasn't long after I ended that prayer that Julie walked down the stairs and she had a funny look on her face. And she said, honey, I have to tell you something. And I said, what is it? And she said, I think I just saw Jesus. And I said, what? 
And she said, I was in bed, and I don't know if I'm going to tell this story exactly right, but it went basically like this. She said, I was laying in bed, and I was kind of half awake, half asleep. I, I wasn't really sure. But she said, all of a sudden, it was like I saw the silhouette of Jesus there at, at the foot of my bed in my room. And she said, he spoke to me, and he said, you're going to have to go through this, but I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you get through this. And that spoke such great encouragement to her. She had such a peace come over her. And when she came down the stairs and she told me that, again, it's just this sense of Jesus is real. He is risen. And he does the unexpected. Sometimes he will show up when you least expect it. Sometimes he'll show up when you're just crying out and you think all hope is gone. But because he is a living hope, he can show up in the midst of your despair. And I'm here to testify to you that Jesus uh, honored what he said to my wife. She got through her surgery. She got through the chemotherapy. Uh, she was delivered from the cancer. Uh, we celebrate her healing and her health. God has brought us through so many things. There's, there's so many stories I could tell. And I'm sure there are people out there today listening to this live stream that could tell stories of how God's spirit has moved in your life in a way that you never expected. Maybe some of you out there are saying, I can't tell that story yet. Well, I'm here today in the name of Jesus to let you know that he's risen and he is available because he is a living hope. And because we have hope to help us now in the present, we also know that our future is secure because what, that's what Peter said when he wrote in that passage. He said, you have an inheritance. We have an inheritance in Christ because he's resurrected from resurrected from the dead and it's sure in heaven reserved for you it cannot fade it will not it will not spoil it will not go away put your trust in Jesus you can experience his grace his forgiveness and the security that he can bring because it doesn't depend on your effort to get to heaven it depends on what he's already done for you all he wants you to do is put your trust in him that's the good news of the gospel will you just cry out to Jesus Will you just open your life and ask him to forgive you, come into your life, because he is risen. He is a living hope. If you're listening to this message today and you haven't put your faith and trust in Christ, I invite you right now to just pray a simple prayer with me. God knows your heart. Would you join me in this prayer? Lord Jesus, I, I know you do unexpected things, and sometimes I'm not even sure what to expect anymore from you. But I'm just asking you to forgive me I'm asking you, Lord, to show up in my life. I need you. In whatever way you're going to show up, Jesus, I'm, I'm just asking you. I'm calling out to you now. Please forgive me of my sin. Help me in my situation. Will you save me? Will you direct me? Will you empower me? Will you surprise me, Lord? I just need you. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross, not only for the world, but for me personally. And, Lord, I believe you rose again. So I'm trusting you as my hero, my savior. I'm asking you, Lord, to come into my life. Help me live for you and help me to see your glory. Thank you for saving me in your name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to hear about it. You can send an email. You can contact our church office. Uh, we have a living hope in Jesus Christ. That's what the resurrection means. People put their hope in a lot of things, but those things are temporary. Only Christ offers a living hope. So I hope today 
as we celebrate Easter. You'll let this message encourage you, and I pray that you will experience the, the risen Lord, the living Christ, and his Holy Spirit in your life. God bless you. Have a great day and a great year in Christ.